Yes, turn up the radio. It's time for us to chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Uh, just as an aside, what are your thoughts on, you know, early, mid-1980s heavy metal? <laughs> we were just discussing rat, because I really want to hear round and round today. So, oh, just wondering. God. So, <laughs> let me just, I'm thinking back to my reviewing days, and um, so slightly before that, but I can still hear the Judas Priest concert that I uh, went to. I guess that sort of qualifies. What about Def Leppard? Uh, no, uh, death, they were after, you know, this is how far back I go, right? I mean, I'm sort of back in the days when the Grammys thought that Jethro Tull was a heavy metal band, (laughs) which, which still (laughs) alarms heavy metal fans decades later. It probably explains why Tull hasn't been put in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They're holding it against them, but anyway. I'm partial to it. Grow, you grew up in Cloverdale in the in the 1980s? Yes, you are definitely partial to it. So I'll have to put a little playlist together for you so you can appreciate it. Uh, more, that would really be great. I that will would do be that. Really, really good. I hope you throw in some Metallica. I gather they're the yeah. intellectual wing yeah, of the heavy metal. Yeah, a little ACDC, uh, little Metallica, some Def Leppard, Scorpions, maybe a little Twisted Sister. It'll, it'll all be there when I okay. send. I'll send you the list. Uh, let's get <laughs> to the uh, pandemic briefing yesterday. So, of course, we heard from Premier John Horgan. Yeah, so the Premier was added to the lineup at the last minute. It was going to be the standard Adrian Dix, Dr. Bonnie Henry briefing on the pandemic. And, uh, you know, we're approaching 300 briefings with those two. So I I think they kind of know the way. But every now and then, John Horgan gets added to the list. And so yesterday, he's added at the last minute that he's going to be there. And you know when the Premier's going to be there that it's going to be time for a victory lap. So sure enough, the Premier uh, leads it off. And I am pleased to announce the lifting of restrictions so that's what he's doing there um he didn't have a hell of a lot to say other than that although he did he did provide i think one key answer and it's very important to take note of it because he got asked hey we're lifting some restrictions is this about caving to the truck convoy and the horn hooking right he said absolutely not and on that one he can point to the evidence Go back to the Dr. Bonnie Henry, Adrian Dix briefings in January before all this started. They said then that they were going to be reviewing the restrictions and some of them would be lifted before the family day holiday weekend. And here we are. So this is not about British Columbia pandering to or caving to truck convoys. Okay. Um, they were, and I think they said that they do support, though, what is happening with the Emergencies Act. Yeah, BC uh, backs that. Uh, no argument there. Uh, I mean, you know, so does the federal NDP, right? Uh, you know, you go back to your War Measures Act days, uh, the old NDP, uh, they oppose what Pierre Trudeau did. So uh, Justin's got support, and he needs it to get this stuff through Parliament. So it, times have changed. It's a you know, a huge debate, and I think we'll probably be debating what it all means uh, for years to come. I hope uh, it just fades, and we don't have to do this, and we don't have to go through this again. So that'll be the me- the best part. So true. But yeah, the BC government supports it, uh, and I think the premier on that one completely in touch with the vast majority of British Columbians. Really interesting to note the numbers, though, how much we've seen the hospitalizations and people in ICU drop as related to COVID. Yeah, so the reason we can move forward, says Dr. Bonnie Henry, is because uh, it, from the data, uh, hospitalizations have peaked, uh, community transmission seems to have peaked, 
and so we're moving to we're lifting some restrictions uh, for the first time. Other restrictions have been flagged. They will be reviewed and they may be lifted uh, come March the 15th. And that'll still leave us with the big three, I guess, which is every workplace must have a COVID safety plan. Mask mandates remain. And um, for people in in sort of high-risk groups, um, you're still going to have to be careful. Uh, Immunocompromised, unvaccinated, all that. And for that reason, the vaccination passports or cards will remain because of the safety and the level of comfort they provide for the businesses that use them. Right. Okay. So that's good. But they are going to review that, they said, even in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is going to be reviewed. Uh, This is Dr. Henry's description is this is about transition and this is about developing a long term plan for management of the pandemic. Again, as your resident pandemic pessimist, I note that she said a couple of things yesterday that emphasize it's not over. She said that we may well be hit by another variant uh, because the virus is still mutating and there's no guarantee that the next variant will be better or easier to deal with or anything. It could be worse. Um, The other thing she said was she hopes that the next variant doesn't arrive until the next respiratory season in the fall. But again, uh, one recalls, and I'm sure she recalls, that Delta arrived last summer, just as we were getting ready to lift to restrictions. So vigilance, monitoring, and keeping in mind that while many of us can get on with our lives uh, with minimal precautions, they ought to be thinking about the people in their lives that are immunocompromised, that are higher risk, and that may need protection for some time to come. Right, because she did also point out that there's still a lot of work to do with pediatric vaccinations. Yeah, so there's two or three areas where our numbers aren't great. And you just mentioned the big one, and I I hear uh, NW running the ads from the B.C. government on this one. 55% vaccination rate with the pediatric vaccine, so age 5 to 11. We're hearing different reasons why that might be the case. Public attention may be flagging. People sort of think it's over. Well, it isn't. Uh, People may have greater reservations about getting their children vaccinated than they do getting themselves vaccinated, and that's why the ads emphasize this is safe. The other thing, this is an interesting one, and I just heard about this yesterday, um, a logistical problem. The clinics uh, that are available to vaccinate 5 to 11 are open during the week, but parents are working, the kids are in school, and they're not getting their kids to get vaccinated. We're actually getting a fairly good rate of vaccination on the weekends. And I heard Dr. Henry say yesterday that they're thinking, perhaps, of having a different kind of clinic and a different kind of access because if access is the issue, we found that in the past, what you have to do is not just assure the public that it's safe, but make right. it more convenient. I got to say, Vaughn, though, I'm surprised they didn't think of this. Isn't it kind of obvious that the kids are in school and the parents are at work during the day, during the week? 
Well, it's an endless train of discovery. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you think of all the stuff that's on their plate. I guess I go, well, you know, okay, so maybe you missed this one, or maybe somebody warned you about it, and you went, oh, God, we we got to get this other stuff out of the way first. So in any event, we have dropped the ball a bit on that. There's another one, too, you know. Uh, we noticed, we talked about hospitalizations dropping. Um, healthcare workers, the rate of sickness among healthcare workers is declining as well. That's good news. But there's still trouble spots in the interior of British Columbia. Most of the surgeries that are being canceled now in British Columbia, the, the elective ones or the scheduled ones, three quarters of those are being canceled in hospitals in the interior because the sickness rate for interior hospitals remains high. A number of those hospitals are strapped. Uh, ERs, uh, not ERs, but ORs closed. So there still are some trouble spots out there, and the interior seems to be high on the list. Kamloops, we're hearing stories out of there in particular. And a stubbornly high death toll, it feels like, in long-term care is still a big concern. Yeah, so I got asked about that. And, you know, I, I, you discuss it with a sigh, really. I gather from what they've told us, Simi, when you look at the analysis of who's dying, disproportionately people over 80, some over 90, disproportionately people with pre-existing conditions. They are trying very, very hard to control the problem in long-term care, but it's not going well. And that's still a problem too. And by the way, that's one reason why one of the restrictions that wasn't lifted yesterday are the visitation rights in long-term care. They are still struggling to keep uh, the virus out of long-term care because people who are immunocompromised, people who are over the age of 80, even though they're triple vaccinated, they are still vulnerable to Omicron. And if they get COVID-19, they can be in serious condition. All right. Well, thank you very much for the update, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Cindy.